Next on News for the Soul, Eyes Wide Open with Janessa and SJ. We are multifaceted beings living in a multidimensional existence. We hold the power of perception, and this power alone paints our reality. Perception influences the things we see and the things we don't see. Together, we'll explore the mystical and the material, the metaphysical and the physical, the supernatural and the concrete, the seen and the unseen. Please welcome Janessa and SJ back to News for the Soul. Hi there. Welcome to Eyes Wide Open. I'm Janessa Finley-Ford. I'm one of your hosts here this evening. You guys usually get my professional introduction, so today we're going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to peel back the curtain into the things I love, which you've probably heard me talk about here a lot, but I am an animal-loving, motorcycle-riding, countercultural, researching, self-healing, brownie-baking, funny human. <laughs> and I am SJ, and I cannot follow that, so I shall not try. <laughs> Thinking on the fly is normally my forte, but I see we are trading roles this round, and I love it for us. <laughs> You're welcome. So, yeah. So today we're jumping into reclaiming our power through emotions. But, of course, before we do that, actually, just kidding, we're talking about baby steps today and the magic within them of just getting started. That is what we're doing today. But before we begin, we always have a funny story to share with you, and this one comes from a couple weeks ago. My husband and I were supposed to meet Janessa and her lovely husband for breakfast as well, and we had a dispute about why we can't be on time and how this always happens, and he was nowhere near ready, so I left him at the house. Now, mind you, my this will become important later on, so keep this in mind. But my mom rode with me and just had me drop her off at the mall. So I went to coffee with Janessa and Travis. Dustin showed up later, a lot later, but still showed up. And when he got there, it was a table of four chairs. And when he got there, he had pulled up a chair to sit next to Travis. So there was one chair strategically positioned in between he and I. Now, Janessa knew the problems we had on getting to this coffee. So both he and I, or she and I, are cracking up, trying to keep it together of the irony. And also, (laughs) my seven can't contain the proudness of my husband for leaning into such conflict, albeit passive aggressive. But I was like, look at this. Like, look at this growth that's here, too. And then we were disappointed because then Dustin says, is your, is your mom in the bathroom or something? So lo and behold, he had left a chair in between us because he thought my mom was there and not because he was taking a stance on our relationship energetics in the moment. <laughs> yeah, that is our funny so story. Hilarious. Yeah, so little did SJ know that on the drive there, I said, hey, babe, so my significant other is the type of person that is 10 minutes early at least to everything, and I'm kind of uh, arrive right on time or maybe a minute or two late, but typically like right on time kind of girl. So we're driving there, and I'm like, hey, you know, Dustin's going to be coming, so they're going to be late. It's fine. We'll just have our coffee and hang out and whatever. And so also like the rectangle chair, right? Dustin 
grabbed the chair and sat like if you had a captain's chair at the table, like the head of the table. And so he was right by Travis, but he also was like head of the table, which when you think of this passive aggressive, I'm not going to step by my wife just for a little buffer space because that's safe. Taking the, you know, head of the table is rather hilarious too. And then there's the fact that SJ and I were just completely on the same wavelength. Like, we both are like, this is so hilarious that he did not sit down next to you, just the buffer. And she and I are cracking up, and our men are sitting there, and they kind of look at us, and then they're like, oh, hey, how's it going? And they just carry on with a conversation between the two of them and completely ignore our hysterical laughter because they were like, we're not sure what's happening over there. We're not in on the joke, so how's it going? <laughs> I love that they're both so desensitized to our weirdness that they're like, yeah, they'll they'll work that out on their own and come back online in a minute. And it's totally, we're For not real. participating in this at all. <laughs> For real? Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> also, mm-hmm. the communication that does not require words. Right? It was also the perfect way to cut the tension, honestly, too. Like, there was no more disharmony with any of the situation after that. So maybe he was just a genius. (laughs) It's really powerful what humor can do. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one of the baby steps that can be taken as well, is to find humor in the situation and see where you can find more of that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with baby steps and having a process, diving into our topic here this evening, I saw a quote and I thought it was really powerful uh, to get our brains all turning a little bit on this topic. And it is that sometimes it's the journey that teaches you a lot about your destination. So really invoking the process and that we take steps to get through a process. <laughs> and uh, you always get the opposite side of the coin with SJ and I. <laughs> You're not already aware. I'm not a process girl. It has taken me a, a while and quite a bit of personal development work to grow into a space where I appreciate the process. Like, I just want to get from point A to point B, literally this was in one of my employee evaluations very early in my career. (laughs) Just efficiency, just get it from A to B. Who cares about what happens along the way? If there's roses, don't smell them. Like maybe you see them, maybe they look pretty, maybe it's all a blur, whatever, reach the end line. So that has been my natural cadence in life until I started my healing journey and personal development. But that too, I was like, I don't want to go through any of this dark soul of the night stuff. I don't want to have to have a healing process. Like, let's go from wherever we are to just, can it feel good? So I think exploring why it doesn't work that way would be really powerful for our listeners. So SJ, why doesn't it work that way? Oh, and by the way, we're taking callers and email questions because I said I'd be better about saying that in the opening. So that's the scoop. SJ, why is the healing thing painful in a process? Want a magic wand? Where's my magic wand? Well, I think I think it can be both, right? I think oftentimes the healing process is not always painful. 
in a process. Sometimes you get those really quick shifts. Um, now that's not to say that some of the more deep-seated patterns might take a little bit more time, and there may be pain within that, but there's always high sides to it as well. And I think oftentimes we focus, I know I can speak for myself with this, like in the process, if it is painful or gross, I often find myself focusing just on that and not where I'll be on the other side of it and also not taking the time to have that gratitude space of am I better today than I was yesterday or am I better this minute after doing the healing process than I was before I started it. And I think if we take the stock of that and start looking at how we felt before we started the process to even the moment after we began the process. It's often, if not always, a night and day difference um, from, I would say for sure, from a connection stance. Like, I never feel alone when I'm doing a healing process. So that is something that is very um, connected to me is that, I don't feel like I'm doing it on my own. And I think when you're centered within yourself and also within that source energy, God energy, whatever you call that, I think oftentimes you can find that hand or leg up if there is something that you feel like you can't master on your own. I think that's one of the most powerful things with just beginning a healing process is that you find you're not in it alone. Why do you think it doesn't happen? Uh, I think there's a lot of different factors. I definitely believe that being not in it alone can make such a big difference. And also that can be in itself something for someone to grow through. Um, Because there's so many times that we're not actually alone, but we feel alone. We feel completely isolated, but that's just not the actual truth. It's just the perception in the moment. Um, I think that, you know, reflecting on my personal journey in hindsight, had I been explained in the beginning that it was a process, like I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing, right? I just saw this person that was on probation or in drug court have these incredible changes, and that seemed to happen with like a wave of a wand. Who knew what was going on inside but outside? It certainly seemed like they laughed more and they were happier and, you know, easier to get along with. And um, I think my, I don't want to be in a process programming, which certainly comes in, like, literally that's one of the stories within the Enneagram one. So when I say that's within personality (laughs) structure, um, that's very, very real. So I think there were a lot of resistant factors for me alone that made it even more challenging than what it needed to be. I also think the healing modality that I was using at the time, while it made a lot of impact and improvement in my life, wasn't necessarily the easiest to integrate um, or equipped to make an integration smoother for someone who had a lot of Herxheimer. That's what I was told it was. So for people who haven't heard that term before, Herxheimer is essentially um, referring to when things get worse before they get better. So having symptoms of what you're healing, even though you're not necessarily sick, it's just the body's expressing it as it's releasing it. 
and healing through it. So I experienced a lot of that. Um, but I think for most people, outside of reflecting on my own personal experience, um, I think sometimes once we become aware, sometimes the awareness is so much. Like we become so radically responsible in our perspective that then it's like we have the weight of the world on our shoulders and it's heavier and it's harder than, you know, in that state that I personally was where I didn't understand that I had choice or effect over all of the things in life I was experiencing. And once I began to see that, then that alone, like taking the responsibility of that, of, okay, I am creating this, but I don't understand how, and I don't see how, and now I'm just really frustrated and agitated about the fact that I know that this is true and I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So it's really the, you know, very relevant, actually, to what we're going to be talking about this month and Stronger Together with the emotions that are elicited and the way that we think about those emotions. So for me, I was going through healing, and instead of meeting myself with compassion and kindness, I was meeting myself with impatience and frustration and annoyance and irritation. And all of that just compounds upon each other and makes for a much less pleasant experience. And also, last thing, not having tools for in-between sessions to really work through stuff on my own or support myself in the releasing process. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the most powerful things that we built into our Stronger Together community is really providing the tools so that nobody is dependent on a practitioner or another individual to help them. They have everything at their fingertips uh, to move out of or into a different space uh, than what they're currently in. So it's really removing that codependency that I think often can get created between practitioner and clients if that space isn't honored. Um, with grace and a lot of care as well. I, I, I always fall on the opposite uh, spectrum of you. Like, I love the journey. I love the adventure. I want to experience all the things within the journey. Let me go down all these rabbit holes and let me see a squirrel and divert over here for a while, and then I'll come back and do some more over here. Uh, for me, it was the finishing power. Like, I'll start all the different things. I'll begin something new every two seconds if you let me. But it was the finishing of the patterns or the finishing of the healing experience that I was going through. Um, <clears throat> now, I think some of that can be powerful in the aspect of you have to build one side of the building up before you can get the other side to meet it. Uh, but often I feel like I left a lot of my houses half built. Uh, until I couldn't leave them anymore because there was a storm. We'll use that metaphor. And then you had to deal with what started to get hard um, within the process or the items that I just didn't want to have to face, which one of the most beautiful things, I think, but also one that can make people lean away is the fact that when you really get into that healing journey, you recognize (coughs) that the agitation that we oftentimes project to the outside or a different person or something external of me is really just a reflection of what we have going on inside. So 
having to take that close look and take account of our own internal revenue, what we have going on in there, can sometimes not be the most desirable experience to see what's there until you realize that what you're seeing yourself, everyone has in a potentiality somewhere to have the same stuff. We're all experiencing a lot of the same paradigms just in different ways. Uh, and once you start to release them, you no longer feel the shamefulness of like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's me or I can't believe that that is who I or a piece of me that I had hanging out, you know. You, you start to let go of that shame, and even some of it can just become one aha moment, like, oh, I betrayed myself here is so easy for me to say now, or like, oh, I was really shameful because of X, Y, Z. Let's just clear it. And there's so much humor that can be found within the healing process, too, when you lean into just being okay with authentically who you are and what's coming up. Like, I'm God's general. Shit, let's work that again. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> So some of that can just become, I feel like I find a lot of humor within healing processes. Janessa, you and I see this all the time where sometimes I laugh at myself, like, I am terrible for saying that out loud to you. I'm trying to help you do this. But you know what I mean, and let's work through it. Yeah. The, oh, my goodness. The shame. I, as you were talking, I was reflecting on a, a client I've been working with, and every time they tell me their perspective, their either prefacing it or following up with, do you think that I'm a bad person for saying that or does that sound horrible or do I come off, insert judgment statement, mm -hmm. for saying that? And no, like, there is no shame here. There is nothing but simply understanding your perspective of where you are and where you want to be and how do you bridge that how do you build that bridge so that you can get across it? But as far as humor goes, my goodness, just the last session that I had with you, we were laughing hysterically because I was judging myself. And it's like, oh, these emotions aren't important because this isn't actually the, the like root of the, the problem. And so you kind of move past it in your logical way and then you caught yourself and you're like I'm not invalidating you at all and I'm like no you're not I'm totally interpreting this into your intention in my mind and I totally get it and so the the whole dynamic of the feeler thinker is just I don't know like it's consistently a really good time to do energy work together and to lead the stronger together community and to really have fun I I and so, well, both of us, but especially from my journey of how my healing all began and the the not pleasant. Like, I was sleeping for, I think, two hours for, it was over a month. It was a long time that I just, it's so important for people to have fun and laugh and enjoy the process as they rewrite the things in life that have been less than amazing to experience. Yeah, and I think one thing that can kind of hang people up when they gain that awareness to where, like, you can't unsee or unknow what you know once you know or see it. Um, 
or feel it. You can't unfeel what you feel, right? All of that together. <laughs> um, but when you start looking around like, okay, what do I want to do to make a difference, to lean into this? There are so many options um, for modalities, for modern medicine. Like there are so many options that you have to lean into to see what you want to do or what you want to explore. And I think some of the most important thing is, I mean, one, okay, for sure, if muscle testing and pendulum are not something that you currently do, I recommend learning those techniques up front as the very first baby step you take. Learn how to muscle and te muscle test or use a pendulum because from that point forward, it's going to be so much easier for you to discern and decide what is a good fit for you, what is not. Even no matter which modality you choose to go with for your holistic healing journey or if you choose supplements, it doesn't matter. Muscle testing and pendulum will always come in handy with every single one of those journeys that you choose to embark on just to really get past that conscious mind and get to the truth of the matter too. So I think that is probably the main baby step that I would say if you haven't taken that step, please start looking at muscle testing or pendulum. Uh, and see which one vibes with you and learn that technique. What do you think? Where do you think people should start? Oh, my goodness. For sure, pendulum and muscle testing. I'm glad that you bring that up. And we teach those in the Stronger Together platform, but there's also courses if people out there are curious about learning how to do that and want a guided course with questions of how to ask for practice, because that tends to be the part that trips people up the most. Uh, we have those available standalone as well. So there's something for everyone. I did not realize until I think it was five years into my healing journey that I can muscle test. I can't remember if I shared this story on here before, but I went to this practitioner and they muscle tested. And so I thought this was just something you know, like doctors are doctors and they go to school for like eight years and they learn how to do things and they have special talents, whatever. So that's what I thought. This whole time I was seeing this person, I'm like, okay, I'll put my arm up. You can test. It's all like you have to test me for everything. I had no clue. It was so ridiculous. So, yes, being able to muscle test yourself from the get-go just simply, you know, is your runny nose and watery eyes and tickle in your throat. Is it allergies? Is it a virus? Is it bacteria? Something so simple as that. And then as Jay mentioned supplements, there's supplements for each one of those specifically. If you're curious about that, reach out to me. I'll hook you up. They're amazing. But that's just one small way of using it. You can use it for figuring out what food sensitivities you have. And perhaps this was something I really enjoyed using in the beginning. If I cooked the food or ate it raw, would I tolerate it better? Because one way or the other, you know, wasn't one way wasn't working. So if I cooked it, then would I be okay with it versus trial and error, which isn't nearly as pleasant. I think in addition to that, especially because of the way the healing journey, it starts with our emotions, right, as kind of the spiral process, it starts with emotions and then it moves into thoughts eventually and then the spiritual aspect. And you, you know, come back around to your core wounds. They never fully go away, but the, the trauma and the experiences around it, that sting and pain, 
does go away, so you get to go further, deeper into the truth of who you are. And so knowing that we start with emotions, having tools for emotional processing is clutch. And I am an absolute proponent of natural bio-distressing, which is tapping. And that video is on News for the Soul under our profile. You can find that. You can reach out to me. I'd be happy to send you the link directly. There's a free tutorial. You can use it as much as possible. And SJ, I know crystals, you're all about the crystals to help with emotional processing. Any recommendations or things that you would suggest for people to start with from that aspect of just the emotions? I love when I hate this question all at the same time because uh-huh. it depends on the emotion, right? And it also depends on what the root cause is too. So like if we blanket things and just say, hey, I have anger, what should I do with it? Well, that answer kind of depends. Why do you have anger? What is it trying to tell you? If you tell me there's an ancestral link to your anger, then I'm going to tell you that the best crystal recommendation possible is bloodstone. So when you say ancestral, like you could break that down even if you just says, like, my mom really makes me mad. All right, let's look at bloodstone and see if there are some family pattern dynamics that we can release out with that. But if your anger is related more to, like, I can't say no to anyone at the detriment of myself. So I am running myself ragged and I am just so mad because of this. Then we would start looking at things more like malachite. Uh, why do you not prioritize yourself or why do you prioritize other people above you? So releasing whatever that pattern can come in there too. But honestly, that's why I love the muscle testing or the pendulum because you don't need me to give you a crystal recommendation either. You can just muscle test or pendulum through a list of crystals and say, you know what, rose quartz, that's the fit for me, or rhodonite's the fit for me, or my favorite, you know, numite, ocean jasper, go down that rabbit hole. I feel like ocean jasper and numite are kind of those one-size-fits-all. It may not be the priority crystal, but it's got a piece of the puzzle in every single pattern. So ocean jasper and numite are two that are kind of those blanket crystals that you're probably going to hear me recommend five million times if you follow me long enough. I think everybody should have a Numite and an Ocean Jasper in their arsenal of crystals, too. But even with that, too, I mean, Janessa had the beautiful technique idea of utilizing the absolute scalar waves to pull in those crystal energies if you don't have the specific crystal in your possession, too. Uh, that's something that we teach on that Stronger Together platform as well. On It doesn't matter if you own the crystal, you can still work with the energetics by just using those absolute scalar waves or that free energy. We've talked about those a couple of times, I think, here in the Eyes Wide Open show. Um, but I also love the shamanic aspects for processing emotions too. Water is beautiful at getting to the root of what the emotion is trying to tell you. What do you need to know? What do you need to feel? What do you need to be? What do you need to shift? Connecting with water energy is absolutely amazing for leaning into what those emotional flow is truly trying to bring to your life as well. Um, Wood energy is another beautiful one for processing energetics too. So, I mean, you could always just go be a tree hugger as well and hug it out with the tree to figure out what those emotions are trying to uh, get you to understand. Tell me more about wood. Wood. 
Wood Energetics has a lot of infusion of earth energy in it, but also the aspect of the living spirit of the tree, which you have tons of ancestral roots that come in there. So if we are processing emotions that have an ancestral link, wood energy is always going to be what I recommend to lean into. Wood energy is also one of those that's often used to get to know you and your lineage better, where you came from better. Uh, So there are just so many aspects of the wood energetics that can really help to release those stuck emotions or some of those processing centers that come from those ancestral linkages too. Fascinating. All so fascinating. I think a big part of our process here and that conversation is if I knew what I knew now and it was just to rip the Band-Aid off from the very stark contrast of the Catholic God who's determined everything that you've already done, do your best to live as well as you can, as virtuously as you can through willpower, not through an inner alignment of your spirit and your being. And everything that you've already done has been mapped out before you. So you're just like in my head, this is the story I made it, right? Like I'm a puppet on a string. Here I am, Pinocchio, probably a lot of reasons why we have some of the kids' stories that we have. And so I can work really hard and like I can go practice basketball for hours in high school and my skills improve and I play better and Uh, You know, outside of that, there's just only so many tangible things where what you put in, you get the result out the other side. So now where I am of how much of my own life do I want to create and knowing that it starts in the mind and in the spirit and then it comes into the physical and that whole process. I don't know, first of all, if I had a Band-Aid ripped off because I'm not a process person, right? It would have never been sustainable for me to actually do the thing because I wouldn't have learned <laughs> the process that it takes to get the result or to sustain what it is that I had achieved, if you will. So I think that the these baby steps are so profound because of what you learn along the way, because of who you become along the way, because of how you think differently along the way, your beliefs shift along the way. And we've talked about, you know, the pieces of the puzzle here before on the air. And so knowing that along the way, you're picking up all of the pieces of the puzzle that you need to continue to move forward. So I know you had a very different background than I did, but I don't know that you can look at your journey quite the same with a definitive start point. And I'm just really curious to hear any of your thoughts or your perspective in your own journey between at least pre-practitioner and now practitioner, because that's quite a quantum leap for you in regards to having the skills and tools and healing uh, ability that you have now. But if you had ripped that Band-Aid off for the adventurer who loves being in the messy middle of the process, and also when you said adventure earlier, I just want to throw in there that my mind went to, I might want the adventure, but what is it? (laughs) Like, I need to know first. 
like for you to rip this Band-Aid off from where you were to where you are now? Um, I don't think I would have been as successful with sticking with continuing uh, the education stance, continuing with my own personal healing. I think I would have had a very severe fear response have occurred had I known now what I um, knew, didn't know then. I just wasn't ready for it, uh, for sure not ready for it emotionally. Like, (laughs) I don't even think that I could have... When I look back at me even, gosh, even two years ago, the limited array of emotions that I could actually identify within myself, I would have never, even if I had all of the tools today, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to utilize them because I was missing that emotional factory link of really connecting in with emotions and also seeing them as valid too. Uh, For me... Emotions were something that needed to be gone, get rid of. Like, what are we going to do about the thing? What do I think about the thing? If we're not going to take any next steps about these emotions, then why why do I need to process them? And honestly, it caused a whole lot of emotional baggage, trapped selves, that you eventually hit a point where you can't ignore them any longer and you have to lean into feeling them which for me that began with learning about them what does hope even mean like what is the webster definition of hope okay where in my body can i do i first feel hope what does it feel like and just sitting with myself and those individual emotions and that's still me today I mean, that was only, what, a month ago that I was like, oh, my God, I don't think I've ever felt exposed before. So sitting with that, like, exposed emotion, I mean, I'm probably going to be in a continual process of learning more emotions, whereas a lot of people who are feelers are expert level at what those things feel like. Um, But I for sure would not have been ready to utilize the tools and certainly couldn't have utilized them as effectively as I can today because of how dismissive I was of the emotional aspects. I could, physical, cool, scientific proof around the physical, spiritual, absolutely believe in it wholeheartedly, um, was raised with a lot of the spiritual techniques, but the emotional side was not something Uh, especially the emotional intelligence aspects, were not something that was practiced in my household. So that was a very new flow for me to find, and I was missing one-third of my entire intelligence uh, to be able to even do it. So it, it would have been a complete fear factor if you would have just dumped every emotion on me at once and been like, good luck. I, I would have sank, my friend. I would have sank with that information. <laughs> Did you have any heart points in your family? I mean, I know immediately in your household you did not. But influential grandparents, anyone that you spent a larger amount of time with in your family, do you recognize them today as being a heart point in the Enneagram? Grandma Champ is one that is a little bit iffy for me, but I honestly think she was probably an Enneagram 6 like my mom. She was much more sensitive I think, than the rest of us, but I still don't think she was a heart point. I think she was probably a six or a nine, um, and I feel more like a six. So I don't think so. I don't think I've had any 
heart points in my family that I can identify. So that could be part of it. I also don't believe that I had, like, in my younger years, any friendships uh, that were heart points. I have heart points as friends now, but I don't think I ever did when I was younger, and I probably was horrible because I was so annoyed. Like, I can think back to childhood and being so annoyed by these overly emotional humans that I was probably just awful. So, hey, heart point humans in my childhood, so sorry, I'm better now. (laughs) I no longer invalidate emotions. Uh, But, yeah, I don't don't think so. Mm Mm-mm. But even that alone really paints our, you know, our environment creates so much of what is normal for us in a world, how our world is supposed to look and function and shape. And so simply the the personality types of the people in your family can really influence all of that. We'll just say all of that to keep it simple. So we had a couple of questions emailed in we're going to jump into. Um do you want to do energy work on these or just want to give them some cognitive info? Yeah, we did some energy work and cognitive all together. Why not? Let's do it all. Yeah. So Michelle in Ontario says, I've recently been experiencing major inflammation, arthritis, and all sorts of infections. So I was wondering if you could share any insights or advice how to deal with it. So really quickly before we tune in or before I tune in energetically, I just want to state that from a holistic standpoint, arthritis, we believe, is a germ, which would also be an infection. And if uh, you're dealing with rheumatoid arthritis, you're dealing with an autoimmune issue where your immune system is attacking your body. So the arthritis and infections certainly go hand in hand. Yeah, and then from a crystal healing aspect, too, I've worked with a lot of people with arthritis, too. The crystal layouts are all a little bit different on how we get to it because there's typically an ancestral link and also a couple of trauma links that we have to work out. But a couple of crystals that really will kind of help you, Michelle, get to a place of more comfort, malachite and fuchsite together are really great to relieve a lot of the inflammation and the pain. Of course, I'm not a medical doctor, so it's metaphysical advice coming in from that aspect. Um, But then we would also want to start taking a look at what is the root cause. So when we're talking viral, I'm always going to start looking at crystals like together, specifically, Larimar, Carnelian, Citrine, and Green Adventuring to try to uh, eliminate a lot of the viral aspects that could be coming into the inflammation with the arthritis too, kind of what Janessa was speaking to with the germ aspect of that coming in. And then from energy medicine, we would be working with the individual uh, neutrons, protons, and electrons to get them vibrating so that they're not differently, so that they're not attacking um, the body. Uh, So kind of here as I've been talking, the neutron is what I've been looking at uh, within your specific pattern too. Uh, But that's where I would go with working more with the cognitive aspects. If you're into crystals, those are the ones that I would recommend, Michelle. Of course, if you want to deep dive into more of this information, you can find a ton of stuff within Stronger Together Community. As well, to speak to this, Janessa has an amazing blood labs course put together that I think can be life-changing for people when they want to go that route with the functional medicine aspects, too. Yeah, and emotionally, you know, criticism, resentment, those are going to be some of the 
heavy hitting emotions that you're going to want to release and find a way to process through. Um, repressed anger can also be in there. <clears throat> and oftentimes, I feel like this is almost just an Enneagram one mapped out, but rigid, <laughs> like being rigid, rigid in your thinking, rigid in your feeling, not having a lot of flexibility, all of that can be underlying with that physical manifestation of arthritis. Also, another cognitive piece to offer you is if you're living with someone and they have arthritis, trying to heal one individual is going to be incredibly hard because if you are investing in germ theory, <laughs> the germ will get passed back and forth. And so either being at a place where you're completely clearing all of the vibrations of the germ or doing it together or making sure that you don't exchange any germs. Um, and I'm eventually going to have someone on as a guest. We're connecting uh, who will introduce you if you only have ever heard of germ theory and who will actually introduce you to why the germ theory doesn't exist. Interesting how we have so many different philosophies and belief systems out there. So we will get into that down the road here on Eyes Wide Open. But I think everything else that I was really picking up on, and you can take some deep breaths. I ran some integrations, and SJ was doing some energy work as well for you on this um, while we were talking here. So just allowing the energy to shift and integrate that with some deep cleansing breaths. Thank you very much, Michelle in Ontario, for your question. The next one, I'm going to take a drink of water. Energy has a way of doing that. So you might need some water, too, out there, listeners. And if you're not Michelle or Donna and you're listening to this and these items are also present in your life, you too can breathe and receive the energy shifts. Energy's everywhere, so you can get in on it as well. Okay, so second question, Donna in Boston. I'm trying to break my pattern of New Year's resolutions, which are inevitably broken by the end of January. I don't even make resolutions now. I don't see the point. Please help. <laughs> well, I believe it was, was it last year, Janessa and Stronger Together, that we focused in January on commitment and the energetic aspects that commitment brings to the table, too. Uh, that's the first place I go. I would also just, you know, outing myself here too, Donna, perhaps you're an Enneagram 7 like me as well, who is really great at starting things, but perhaps the finishing power is not always our most valuable attributes. Um, so kind of leaning into that energetics too. Uh, when you choose the goal, is it something you truly desire? And is it something that you really take some time and sit with to make sure that the commitment 
can come into place with it or that you're willing to do that, like the outcome, the payoff is worth more than not completing has been something that has really helped me is really sitting with the visualization aspect of what does the outcome look like if I stay committed to a specific goal. So that's kind of a tangible um, item to look at within commitment crystals that I would recommend to really connect into staying in that committed energetic is rhodonite rhodochrosite, um, and also tanzanite for you, Donna. That's a, to you, though. That's not something that I would recommend across the board. Um, so that's kind of what I have coming in. Janessa, what you got? Mm, one of my favorite things, some timeline work. So I agree, the personality structure of do you regularly bring things to completion outside of the New Year's resolutions, just with things you start in general, or are you on to the next thing before you ever get to that completion energy? Uh, but then on your timeline, looking at the things that happened at a younger Asian life where you didn't reach completion and maybe you were punished or reprimanded for that or humiliated in some sort of way. And so ages 13 and 18 actually come up on your timeline with some stuck energy there. So um, integrating to release that, but you can sit with those ages and see what memories come up to collect more wisdom from those situations that you can apply that knowledge and learning and wisdom going forward. Um, because a lot of times, you know, the subconscious is just moving us away from what is viewed as unsafe. So if we've had some really negative experiences with striving for something that was really important to you, but maybe you were shamed or other people said it was ridiculous or you're never going to be able to, then the unconscious mind, like, we just don't want to feel the discomfort and we'll just move away from it, but never really connect or understand that it's linked to something at a younger age. So that is the the main thing that really came up and through. Um, and I talked about on a live on Facebook at the end of December about we can get really dead set on our goals that we set, you know, these New Year's resolutions and make it mean a lot about us if we aren't reaching those goals, even throughout the whole year, even when we don't just let them go in January, but we work at them all year long and they haven't happened yet. But we might not remember the yet part and we might just say it didn't happen, I'm a failure, we make it mean so much about us. Now I use this fun little analogy about a tree and how a tree in winter doesn't actually say I'm not tree enough to have leaves or something wrong with me, I'm broken, etc. But the the real key piece here, while I think that wisdom is really impactful for people to think about in the ways that they make things mean things about themselves that they haven't reached yet, the point that I did want you to reflect on, if you feel called and this resonates, is to look at two years ago, three years ago, five years ago and see what goals did you have in store then and what have you achieved and accomplished? Are you the same person that you were before? And these, you know, New Year's resolution, while you, yes, 
have some stuck energy around not being able to build that new habit and pull that to completion, you likely aren't missing the mark nearly as much as what your brain wants you to believe because we constantly go to that space of lack and we constantly see what we're not doing. And we have to find the physical evidence and demonstrate to ourselves that we actually are doing a whole lot and we're completing a whole lot and we're achieving a whole lot and we're growing a whole lot and there's a whole lot. There's actually not that much lack. Um, So like I said, if it resonates, I welcome you to reflect back a little bit further on your journey than just the month of January and see what you actually see in regards to what your progress and these steps along the way look like. And then as far as breaking things down to baby steps, which is really our our topic here today, right, is with the New Year's resolution, breaking it down, chunking it down to where it's something that maybe you're not doing it every day, but you're still doing it. You're still working toward it. You're still pouring energy into it. Does that look like something once a week? And making it really actually obtainable and achievable just by chunking it down to something that's so simple. Every part of your body and being lights up in confidence that, yes, I can actually, yes, there is no way that I can drop them all on that if what I'm expecting or asking myself to do to reach this goal or to work on this new habit is, you know, something at this chunk down level that is irresistible to you. Anything else? No, I think we covered it with those two. I would just invite anyone if they're interested in more in-depth information to come into that Stronger Together community. I know there are two lives on commitment in there uh, right now that would be accessible as soon as you joined. Um, Along with in the Crystal Recommendations course, I do have one in there specifically for arthritis. So lots of options in there too to come into that group and experience new ways of doing life, but also coming into a community that's on much the same path and that true internal exploration of finding who they truly are and living their life to the fullest without having a lot of those patterns holding them back as well. Yes, and Stronger Together. I love that you started our episode with the Stronger Together topic. So if if that uh, topic of feelings and emotions, actually you're disappointed when she said, no, we're talking about baby steps and progress and process. Well, don't be disappointed because that's actually what our call in Stronger Together tomorrow is going to be like. So, or be about. If you don't actually know the difference between feelings and emotions, or if you don't know why your feelings in your body feel the way that they feel, or how to transmute them easily, or what process you can use to create a better feeling and emotion in your body, or how your thoughts come into play with the way that you feel, like this is all about mastering the art of being human, right? We're put in these, in this human experience, right? It's not even about being put in the body. The body is a part of it. The body plays one role, but your conscious mind plays a role and your unconscious mind plays a role and your spirit plays a role. And there is no freaking 
playbook or owner's manual. Like, how do you do the thing? How do you make it work? And so you're left to figure out your own processes on your own. And if you can't put into steps what you do, you don't have a process. So if you go through times of feeling heavy and sluggish and angry and depressed and shameful, and it takes you days, if not weeks, to move through that, to get back to a place where you feel like you're just getting into your power and things are better, only to have another circumstance arise and to be thrown off kilter again, then learning how to function in this human experience is going to make your whole experience so much more enjoyable and we only get one chance at this life thing. And so on the surface, when, I'll just be honest, when it came up to focus on feelings and emotions and stronger together, me, of course, being being the feeler of the two of us, I'm like, I'm not sure if I see the value in this. But when I stopped and paused, I quickly did. Because even from a feeler standpoint, it took me a long time to understand my own processes of moving through my feelings, understanding the difference between a feeling and an emotion. I, for a very long time, thought that that was all just the same thing. And those words were synonymous. And so we're really going to get into how the mind, both conscious and unconscious, the body, the physiology, the chemistry, the spirit, how all of it comes into play with your emotions and your feelings and having some really effective and simple ways to move through those, to transmute those, to come back into your power and to enjoy life rather than getting bogged down in the heavy crap emotions that are also a part of life, that it doesn't have to be the bulk of life. So we would love to have you in the Stronger Together community. And you can find more information about that, not only on the News for the Soul page, but also by visiting www.crystallinecurrents.com or www.fiercelyradiantsoul.com. Let yourself feel good in your body and be confident that you can get through any emotion, any situation without major meltdowns or that your meltdown is not going to last very long at all because you've got the process and the tools to turn it around. So with that, we are already at the top of the hour. Uh, Join me here next week where we're going to talk about something. I haven't decided what it is, so you'll have to tune in and find out. It's going to be another mystery topic. And until then, friends, keep your eyes wide open. News for the Soul begins its 27th year in January 2024. Find out our latest news at newsforthesoul.com.